is going on, DJ Nation? Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Generates podcast this week for the Waste Management Phoenix Open. As usual, I am here with my partner in crime, everybody's favorite Canadian, Tyler Tambley. Tyler, what is up, my friend? We're back. This is the real golf, Kenny. I'm over it. Done with these rotations. Done with these late finishes. We'll talk about that in a minute, but I'm happy to be back. We're in Phoenix, Waste Management Phoenix Open. Before we get into it, I want to remind everyone very quickly, this show is brought to you and presented by prizepicks.com. Head on over to prizepicks.com. Use promo code MMN. Get yourself a 100% deposit bonus up to your first $100. Lots going on over there. We talked last week about it. There's Pick'em DFS. You're going to have all kinds of options for this week. So check that out. Go to prizepicks.com. Use promo code MMN. Kenny, I don't know, man. People are going back and forth on Twitter about it this week. It had nothing to do with the result, the Monday finish, the weather, any of that. I just did not enjoy this past week. It wasn't results. No, I, it just, I was over it like early on. And then it just played out good for Justin Rose. The finishes, I had some sweats. I had stuff going on and nothing to do with that. It was not my favorite event. I am so happy. We're back to a great event here. And then a wonderful stretch of events upcoming. Yeah, I'm 0-3 in uh, these weird cut events. So this season so far, I'm 2-0 on, on, on things with a 36-hole cut. So hopefully uh, that that goes. That means I lost this week in cash. Uh, I lost by like 8 to 12 points, 8 to 15 points in all double-ups. So that hurt Nate Lashley's withdrawal probably did it. Uh, yeah. if, he, if he finished the last six holes, maybe I had a chance. Um, but I didn't, and it failed, and it sucked. But I did have Malnati. Uh, as as a uh, as one of my long shots on Cups Corner uh, on Wednesday, so it actually like made me watch the golf uh, because I had a two hundred fifty to one long shot uh, up there uh, on the leaderboard. Now, Tamara, I got a question for you. So they just opened up a book in Virginia that does each ways. Uh, I don't think I'm going to start this week, but I think I'm going to start next week. Can you explain to me how each way works? So, say I bet Malnati this past week. 250 to one okay uh and i and i put uh, let's say 10 bucks on it okay half will go to the win so if he wins i win um i t- get my five dollars and i get a 250 to one on the five dollars and on the and then what about the te- other five dollars yeah the way you said it like you're chopping it up it would actually be a, a ten dollar each way like five on the win five mm-hmm. on the each way so it's the five times the 250 is twelve fifty. That you would receive for that. You would if he wins, you also get the each way money. But the benefit is for you a little bit if you didn't get the win, like in this case, and you got the chop. It depends on what they do. Some books are one eighth, one fifth, one quarter for the odds. But let's just say it's one quarter. It's essentially taking that, dividing it up to give you what what would it be, sixty two fifty? I think. And, and then you would get that times your five bucks. So you'd end up still with three hundred twelve dollars and fifty cents. So it's not the worst. If you hit it because it's still now, like- if you finish second, say it's an eight way each way. If you finish second, you get paid the same as if you've got finished eighth. Yeah. If you didn't win, oh, okay. it's just the backup plan. There's no okay. like second place each way, third place each way. It's okay. the each way is how many places did you receive? Mine are always like a top eight each mm-hmm. way of the book I have. But like you said, for you, it may end up being a top five. And then it's also, you got to look at what it's chopping it by. Like, so I'll pay, I could do top five with a one quarter each way where I get 25 per like chop the odds in four, or I can get the extra places for the one fifth. And I always choose to take the extra places because it doesn't really change things that much. It just gives you a little bit more leeway. Cause a lot of times your guy finishes sixth or seventh that you could just have them on the, on the eights. Or if it overextends, like that's the other thing you'll have to look at with your book with like dead heats and ties and that sort of stuff, where if you're finishing top five and then there's seven guys that finish up that you're going to get crushed on that each way payout so it's not always the best case scenario this week would have been pretty good it was uh i think six guys finished up there he tied for fourth yeah yep well i I think i'm going to start that here soon so if you guys live in virginia uh the book that you know is open 365 days a year uh will have the each way so i'm going to check that out here uh shortly the event itself um you know, I mean, it wasn't great. I, I mean, it was sort of fun watching him play in the hail uh, and shit like that. I mean, Rose, we sort of seen his game really stepping up here in the last few months. I wasn't shocked about his win. I did roster a good amount of them. Uh, I think I lost, what, 90 bucks in GBPs out of my 260. So about 30%, 33% 
Uh, my GPP, like I got back 66. So it wasn't like a total loss uh, of a week, uh, but still a losing week. It sucks. Um, yeah. The cast, you know, I had didn't speed really, you know, didn't do as well as I thought he would on the tournament. that usually crushes. Uh, and that's basically what cost me. Um, but yeah, I mean, it wasn't that great to watch. I watched some this morning. I mean, I Justin Rose went ahead and like birdied the first two or something like that. When I looked up, he was already at seventeen. I was like, "Well, this shit's over." Uh, yeah, since I was at work, yeah, definitely not the most fun event to watch. And you know, I really have to start thinking about cutting back on these type of events just because I lose all the time uh, in these events. So I, you know, it's, it's like they're saying something to me, like Kenny, why? Uh, why do you play the same amount? Uh, on weeks where you lose all the fucking time. Uh, so maybe I got to start thinking different, you know, next year when we get to the Amex, when we get to the uh, uh, the one we played last week, I'll probably play the same amount. But, yeah, it wasn't great to watch. I didn't have – it wasn't a fun golf week. Um, you know, I, I guess the more fun was, I mean, Abraham Answer out there winning uh, in the Asian tour, and then you had the guy, I think it was in the DP World Tour, where – he hit the water twice on 18 and still won the event. Uh, so some crazy stuff that went on in golf uh, this week. The event itself was not great. Um, good for Justin Rose. Uh, you know, and then, you know, you had Kitayama up there. You had Denny up there. Who else is up there, Tambo? A lot, a lot of good guys I had up. That, that's what I was trying to preface it with. Like, I could have won 50K this week, and I would not have enjoyed watching that. I don't know what it was. It just didn't get me. I think there was a lot of talk. And I was going to talk on it for just two minutes with you, Kenny, because I like people are talking about bringing more team events, integrate more. And it's only so many times a year. We know what it is. I'm just saying that that does it. Like I'm a huge golf fan. I'm gambling on every event. That's a big reason behind it. Betting DFS, putting a lot of money in. I, it wouldn't have mattered to me if I won 50 K plus this week or a seat or anything. I didn't enjoy the watch. I think that's where they have more stuff that they got to figure out. Again, they're going to play it every week. There's sponsors involved. I get all that stuff. I'm just saying the biggest golf fans don't like watching it or don't care about it enough to tune in. You'll see the ratings. They'll probably come out. Not good is my guess. That's fine. It's not good for live. It's not good for anything. We're not pre like pushing up other stuff. We're just saying that is their problem. They have to figure out and look, it's going to be the way it is. They're not maybe expecting them to be as high because now we've got a designated event. That's going to be absolutely incredible, but this event was incredible with or without the, it just gets that much better when it's designated. We already loved the Waste Management Phoenix Open. We already watched it like crazy, coinciding with the Super Bowl. Been to the event myself four times. Like, you know, this is an event that people get excited for no matter what. I don't know what they need to do to shock some juice into these other ones, but maybe it just is what it is. And you just let them go. But even with all the money on the table, I could, it just, I didn't enjoy it. I didn't, there was nothing good about it. I had guys up top. Uh, we talked about Keith Mitchell, Denny McCarthy, Mia Mayo used in the one and done. That was great. I had a side bet with Mayo of Bramlett and Hostler versus, uh, or sorry, uh, Joey B. Yeah, Bramlett and Hostler versus Benny Ann and Higgle. That was like the, that was more fun. My text with Mayo back and forth about that than the actual event and watching it. Good, good for Taylor Pendrith. Good for some of the other guys up there. But yeah, it just was not exciting at all for me as a huge golf fan. Did not enjoy. Yeah, Pendrith looks like someone who's, who's on the verge. Yeah. Uh, I would say. I mean, a really good finish this past week. Uh, I mean, Higgle. Look pretty good, uh, you know, uh, out there. But I, I feel like Pendrith is 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 due for a win here shortly. Him and Keegan, uh, you know, outside of those top echelon guys, I feel like those two are in line for a victory here shortly. We'll see if it comes through. Because you, you I mean, think I thought, Keegan again. I think Keegan can win another. I yeah, think I, th- I think so. Playing. But I, I, you, like you're acting like he didn't just win recently. Yeah, like he yeah, just yeah, won yeah. Broke through. Yeah, I'm happy yeah. for him. Well, I, I think. The, it, I think he can win again. I think another one's coming uh, yeah. for him. Uh, I, like I know he won in the fall, right? Which one did he win? Um, I forget which Houston. one it was, but that's, that was like what we were saying was more of the breakthrough and the tears mm-hmm. and everything had been a long time, right? So that was awesome to see him get the job done finally again. We know what his caliber is, but it was great to see him back. And I, I like him again for this week too. So I didn't get the magical number everybody got. Everyone, you know, DK came out with the odds pretty early for this tournament, which was awesome to see. Uh, like again, people had moved on to that from the event. Another sign that it's not that great, but we get excited for these numbers. And I know he came out at one thirty there, mm-hmm. so that, that was a huge number. I would have loved to have that, but I, I got I him at sixty five, and I'm happy with that. I got him at seventy five uh, you know, with eight places. Yeah, I feel pretty yeah, good about it. So I'm we'll, we'll talk that. on that mm-hmm. later. I, I don't have much else, but the the listener league Kenny was insane this week. I do want to talk about that because this is just a crazy thing. We went off on this two. It was two or three weeks ago. Our guy Jay Morris eight eleven. 
If you guys remember and listen to the show and watch whatever, he had three different lineups finish one, two, three in a tournament of, at the time, I believe it was 500 people. So this just adds to the effect as well. We got it bumped to 750. Jay Morris, 811, wins again. He is the champion. But he did. He almost did it again, Kenny. First, fifth, and seventh, three different lineups completely in this tournament. Not completely unique, but I'm saying they're, they're not like the same lineup or anything. Like They were mixing matches of the same pool. First, fifth, and seventh in a 750-man field. Two-time winner in such a short period of time. You've been here since day one, Kenny. I, I don't know. Have we ever had two back-to-back, like two winners? We've had multiple winners of this tournament. I get that. I'm saying, have they ever won it that that close together like he just did? I can't, remember off the top, I can't remember off the top of my head. It's probably yeah. happened before, but I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, very dominant to start the season. We will say that. So, again, thank you guys to filling it up, the 750 people. We've been filling it up quickly. This week I had to wrap up again, said it was 14 hours in advance, I think, even on the, the turnaround. So that was fine, and, and we'll get it going. It's back for 750 this week. Get out, get in, hopefully for the players. That's the plan. We'll get it to 1,000. And then if that works out, we'll talk about what we can do. Maybe at the majors, we can get 1250. Like there's definitely an opportunity. He's willing to move it up as long as we keep filling it up. So thank you to everybody there. Shout out again to Jay Morris, 811. But you can go through the lineup, Kenny, if you want. So he had the winner, Mr. Rose, who was 9% owned in the listener league. He had uh, Mitchell, who finished fourth. Um, he was 12% owned. Detry, um, he, of course, what? He finished 37th. He was 9% owned. Lanto. 19% owned, finished in 58th. Bramlett, 9% owned, finished in 94th. And Ryan Moore, uh, that was the one right there. Finished in seventh place, uh, 0.27% owned. He might have been the only person to own him. Uh, so so really, really solid line out there. Well, funny thing is, I didn't see a single golfer over 10K. Uh, you know, not many golfers over 10% owned. This is true, pure GPP lineup, right? Yeah, it looks good across the board. Like you said, low ownership on four of the guys at least. The other two not even that high owned. Lanto being the highest at 18. And then Ryan Moore was on two of his three lineups. So he really he was getting close to being all the Ryan Moore ownership in the tournament. But still, again, like I said, just shout out to him. Huge congrats. It's a you know pretty big feat to go one, two, three, and then one, five, seven within such a short period of time. Get all the cash in between. I'm not sure where else he had this one this week, but solid lineup nonetheless. And we'll see him in the three-man this week. He's already in the tournament of champions. So the only downfall to that, and we'll have to figure it out is I don't think there's a way to enter a second team into it. We'll try and see if there is, but uh, as of now, it's going to be just, he's already in it. So it just keeps somebody else out of it, which makes the field smaller for him to go up against. So that's kind of the same thing backwards, but that's all I got for the listener league for this week, Kenny. All right. Good job by Jay Morris. Let's move to this week. Um, the PGA tour is going to be in Phoenix. Uh, they're going to take on the stadium course at TPC Scottsdale for the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Uh, the WMPO, normally one of the most uh, exciting and most attended uh, events on tour. You're going to get half a million fans uh, out there this week. Uh, you know, in the past, I sort of had the notion that um, golfers need to be thoroughly prepared for 16, of course, of the stadium hole of the par three, the most famous hole. Probably, I mean, do you think it's the most famous hole in golf? Like not just based on legacy of the way he plays, but everyone knows that 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 even non-golf fans know that hole more than anything else, just because of that stadium. Of course, do you think it's the most most what's the word I'm looking for? Well, most well-known hole in golf. I I actually don't. I think there's you know got to be other holes. Road hole. You know, well, like even like 17 at the players is not, and there's more, there's others better than that. Probably. I'm definitely not the course guy to talk about this stuff, but I just say like people still, people still know about these other holes in golf and the, anyone in golf or that knows course as well would tell you for sure. It's not, I think. So it's definitely well-known it's popular. It's fun. Been there a few times. Like I said, it's excellent fun, but I I don't think it's the most popular. No. Now I, I used to think, you know, pretty heavily that golfers need to be thoroughly prepared for 16 before they get in there. And that's why you see some golfers not, that's why I thought you see some golfers not play this event, uh, Rory, um, for years upon years. Uh, now, you know, if we're talking to people who've gone to the event, it sounds like the other 17 holes are pretty quiet. Damn, but can you confirm this? Like, because what I'm thinking this week, especially like, I, I don't know why Rory hasn't played this event 
but like once or twice in his career because it, it it's so driver heavy and he is the best driver of the golf ball in the world for the last decade. What has kept him from playing here other than the raucous crowd? What 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 do you do? You, have you heard of anything? Because I know he's had issues with crowd rowdy crowds at Ryder Cups and stuff like that. Um, do you think that's why he doesn't play here? I, I don't know because I, I mean we've seen him feed off crowds at Ryder Cup. We've yeah, seen him. Yeah. At, I mean, look, I can't I can't compare because this is way I can't I can't compare because I haven't been to the Canadian Open. But I will say the crowd that year, like just last season, was incredible at the Canadian Open. They're not the same party crowd that this is. But to answer your first question, because you know being there and just tell you how it is. The buzz is when you get in that zone of 16. So it's all the holes around it. 17, great par four. We love that hole. You get people surrounding the back end of that. We saw guys, uh, who was it, Spieth on the green when the guy was across from him causing a ruckus in behind him and you saw all that. Like there's a lot of holes that people are having fun on, but it typically is to that side or spot of the course. The rest is not that crazy. I mean, it's all built into there. The stadium feeling, you got to go around it to get there. The lineups outside of it for people that, rushed in first thing in the morning to get there. So the atmosphere is electric. 18 still has it for sure, but it's because that's where people come in at. And obviously we go out and set up that way perfectly, but it is more, like you said, Kenny, like to that three or four or five holes okay. in that vicinity versus the rest of the course. So I think, I think that makes a lot that. of sense. I think that makes a lot of sense because you've seen first timers go out here and win. Uh, like Kepka won. Uh, uh, Hideki almost won in his first time. Canley almost won in his first time. Uh, I mean, like, you know, uh, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe because they're elite guys, they played in this type of atmosphere before uh, with the Ryder Cup uh, and stuff like that. Uh, but it was always curious to me about Roy, like why he wouldn't play a course that I feel should be perfectly suited for his game, where I feel that he could rack up title after title. Um, I, and he just hasn't played here. Uh, now he's forced to. Uh, now we'll see how he does. Uh, we'll talk about this more when we get to the tiers because that that Rom versus Roy dynamic, that whole 10K range is pretty, pretty sweet. Uh, you know, and there's a lot of ways you can go about that 10K range. And I'm racking my mind trying to figure out how I'm going to go about it. And, you know, and I still haven't figured it out. So maybe with your help, Tambo, we can get on. But let's move on uh, while I'm getting a work call here. Okay, here we go. So, you know, you know, uh, uh, the stadium course, TPC Scottsdale, 7,266-yard par 71, four par threes, three par fives. All the par fives are reachable in two by the majority of golfers, and the 17th hole is a risk-reward drivable par four. There's really no risk. Everyone goes for it. Like, I, I, I there might be, like, two golfers. You see the whole week uh, lay it up on 17, unless, you know, um, unless you can get, like, crazy wins or something like that. But it's not looking like that. The forecast has been dry. Uh, you'll get like 15, 18 mile per hour winds uh, this week, but it's not going to be insane. Uh, the course was redesigned by Tom Weisskopf after the 2014 tournament. Uh, he was hired to make the course tougher, so he added length, made landing areas on the fairway smaller, added bunkers, and redid the greens. Uh, it looks like he did his job correctly because the course has played a bit more difficult the last few years. Um, you know, in like 2004, 14 or 2013 last time before the redesign uh phil mickelson won a minus 28 we haven't seen a minus 20 win this event since so weisskopf did his job he's, he's made it more difficult uh, now after the renovations you know it's become uh, on average around the 27th most difficult course on tour back before the course redesign it was around the 36th most difficult course on tour. Now, off the tee, golfers are going to see narrow landing areas with bunkers placed strategically. Uh, even though this tournament is played in the desert, water still in play on like seven holes. And if golfers miss wildly off the tee, they're going to have to deal with desert vegetation. Uh, the rough around the fairways has been thicker the last few years. I expect that to be the same this week. Uh, the course is set up about 1,200 feet above sea level, and with the arid desert conditions, Drive should go a bit further than normal. Actually, all shots will go a little bit uh, further than normal. Uh, now, on approach shots, golfers will see a wide array of green sizes ranging from small to very large. Um, you know, overall, pretty large greens. Uh, bunkers guard the majority of the Bermuda grass greens. And I say Bermuda grass with, like, uh, hyphens because it's overseeded with uh, velvet bent and some other shit. It's overseeded with a bunch of crap. 
Uh, you know, like if you're looking at your model, I probably wouldn't even look at Bankrass. I probably wouldn't even look at Bermuda putting uh, this week. You know, you've seen shitty putters do here. The putting's actually really easy. Like, like one of the easiest to putt from from like five to ten feet on tour, like year in and year out. Um, you know, and so I mean, I don't know how much I would pay attention to the grass type of the greens. Um, now uh, the greens are relatively flat. That's another reason why they're pretty easy to put on. They're pretty flat, uh, you know, and they are firm. And I love a stint meter rating of around 12. Uh, golfers with weaker short games should rejoice as getting it up and down from around the greens, not the most difficult of propositions. Uh, of the last, what, 11 winners here, nine of them had a top five in one of their previous five events leading up to their victory at TPC Scottsdale. I'm sorry. Of the last 11 winners, 10 had a top five in one of their previous five events leading up to their victory at TPC Scottsdale. Tambo, what are you looking for in golfers this week? Yeah, you did a pretty good job of describing it. I think one of the most interesting pieces, though, Kenny, is what we talked about a little bit already, and it will be the dynamic when we get into the tiers of the field and just how much stronger than ever. You know, this is a super strong field across the board. Rom, Rory, Scheffler, Fino, X, everybody up top. On top of the fact that guys are playing better now than they have in the past. Now you got to add in the Finaus, the Homas, Morikawa's looks like Morikawa looks like he's back going through Hideki, Ricky, the uh, the old course history that used to show up here every so often, you know, all so often I should say that is coming up again now. And then the other thing of it with it is Kenny, you never really hear me talk about course history, but really it goes to your point, almost falls in line with like a course fit, crowd fit, if you will. But like you said, just part of that atmosphere that people talk about and being able to play in it. The one thing I will say, just add on before we hop into these tiers that you mentioned before, one thing I was going to add on was about that. Like everyone acts like everyone here is an asshole. That's not the case. Like that's some, obviously on 16, people are drunk and some people are acting like idiots. It's not really like every hole you go to, someone's calling you a piece of shit or, you know, yelling stuff at you. It's not the Ryder Cup. Yeah, it's not that. That's what I will say, at least from being there. Of course, there's always an idiot out there and you've seen some of them. And I've I've told the story on this show before about Billy Ho. Billy Ho coming back and giving everyone the finger. He's just pissed off. And certain people get a little bit too aggressive on 16. Like someone makes a noise. We know it's not ethical and, you know, not to make noise in the backswing and all the golf ethics, etc. But, uh, you know, when that happens, some people take it too far. Other guys just laugh at it or relish it. You can see them kind of smirk. Other guys, I even saw Ricky doing it a couple years ago where he was like, guys, and like give him like the hands on the hips. Like, come on, Ricky. You know what it is. These guys know they signed up for that. Doesn't mean it's right. No. But my point is it's not what everybody thinks when it comes to that. It's loud. It's hype. Everyone's having a party and a good time. But it's almost like it's a party. Like they say, it's a party at the on a, at a golf course. That's all it is. It's it, No one's really coming at these guys. And that's why, like you said, when you see Cantlay do what he did last year, um, guys like Figala and them and, and others that can just show up and do well. I, I don't really think much of it other than that. It's just a lot of loud noise and they're, they're used to that, I think. So I don't really think it's as big a deal as others bring stats wise. You brought up all the stats that I'll be looking at and go throughout when we talk through the tiers, but a lot of this week is going to be to do with ownership who you like the same as we do at majors, Kenny, it's, it's, it's a major type field, strong field. It's got the setup in the pricing, still pretty soft pricing, only ROM, at 11K and then drops down. So probably for me, taking more stands towards the bottom and mixing more guys at the top, because I do think, like you said, and we've seen it, it's going to be one of these elite guys that ends up coming through. The difference is this week, how far do you call elite when you go down? But like at least playing elite or playing really well, sort of Tom Kim and up, Cam Young and up. But then like you can't discount Speed Burns, guys like that, Montgomery, that are down below. So there's a difference in the in the talent, but I'm looking at it from that perspective. Take more stands down low, mix and match guys up top. All right, so let's sort of box these tiers in. Let's let's start in the 10K range, but let's start with Rory versus Rom. Um, how are you going to go about this? Does uh, the worry of, of Rory not playing this course have any effect on the way you think about rostering him? Uh, and who's going to be higher owned? Tampa, who do you think? What do you think? Jeez, man, that, that one's tough. I, I do think people will side with Rom, the ASU history, the fact that he's played here so many times and he always is pretty much a top 10. Now, you could flip that on its head, Kenny, and say, what are his results? 10th, 13th, 9th, 10th, 11th, 16th. That's what most will say. And I think in this field, you could get away with it. Some now he doesn't need to win, but people always say that. And I talk about that differently. But when you have a field this strong with pricing bunched this high at the top, 
it's very likely that he does need to do a lot more for 11K than a 10th or a 13th place. So can he do it? Of course, he's got three wins in his last five worldwide, two of his last three on the PGA Tour. But I don't know if people just jump on Rory. I actually think you could see, Kenny, where people side more with the tier down below. Because when we get into this next thing, I'm not trying to go there yet. I'll let you talk on it. But I'm just saying, Scheffler won it last year. Finau playing out of his mind, but bad course history. Xander, you're going to talk about him. And then you get into the next range, which has all those other dudes. I do think people will sort of go that route a little bit more. And the one thing I will say, Kenny, about going back to take it back to the top question, Roy Rom, is this is not like some of the other fields I said a couple of weeks ago when you had Rom, but a bunch of scrubs down low. This field is actually, I think, down to with John Ha and Lanto Griffin out and then the Monday Q guys to come back in. I think it's capped at 135. And I think now it's going to be like 132, 133. Uh, Rose, who is not in the DraftKings pricing, but I assume got in based on today, he said he's, he's going, going to home. withdraw. No, I know, I, but he he got he gets in. I'm saying he won, but he said he was going out, and everyone was automatically saying, "Well, that's good news for Nick Hardy, who's the first alternate." But that's not true. It is a closer step towards it, but he actually needs, I think, one or two more to withdraw for him to be eligible to get into the field because they're running it at a cap this year. So it's really tough for these alternates to get in with these designated events, these big purses, all of that. We'll see how it goes if Nick Hardy ends up getting in, but with John Huh. Lanto out and assuming Rose is not taking his spot, as he said, it might only be one spot to go for Nick Hardy. So I don't know, Kenny, it, it's tough up here to make a choice. I always lean Rom, so I'll probably continue. I, I, my guy Hoop said it best over at Rum Peary. He always says, if you, if you always play Rom, probably stick to playing Rom. If you don't, yeah. though, then, then hop off. But Rory, like you said, probably doesn't matter that he's only seen this place once or twice when you look at what he's doing right now. And he's yeah. also coming off a win of his own and his skill set plays anywhere. So I don't think the crowds are going to worry him too much. Yeah. I mean, I look, I, I, I think here's one thing. Here's a hot take. If they're paired together, I'll pick Rom over Rory. Okay. If they're not paired together, I I pick Rory over Rom. Uh, you know, Rom has that chip on his shoulder uh, and, and Rory is the chip. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I mean, that's, that's who the chip is. Uh, yeah. You know, he thinks he should be where Rory is right now. Um, and you know, probably not because Rory's been playing better. Um, but maybe because you know, he's won a major a lot more recent than Rory has. Um, now I think I'm gonna go with Rory, like I said, but if they're paired together, I'll go with Rom. That's the way I'm going, that's the way I'm going about it. And they could definitely be paired together, they could do a superstar pairing, uh, uh, threesome out here pretty easy. Uh, and so we will, we shall see. Um, uh, so, you know, uh, that's how I'm going for those two. But now let's go from Scheffler down to Victor Hovland because I figure at least one of these people, guys from Scheffler to Hovland are going to be under-owned. I think it might be Cantley or Homa who, or Scheffler. Who do you think in this range is going to be the lowest owned? Because that's a guy I'm definitely playing. Yeah, I, I definitely feel people are going to have trouble getting to Max Homa. Not because they don't they love the guy. He just won. He's been more dominant than some of these other guys that he's around. And it's just hard to see the name there, sticker shock-ish of the price tag. But it's more of where he's at, Kenny. When you've got Finau and Xander right above him and JT Morikawa, Cantlay, you know, guys like that right below him, I don't know how many people click the button, even with the Best Buy pricing. So I think he at least gets squeezed some is again remember this takeaway i talk about this all the time at these strong events with soft pricing which you get at any type of major or especially this year with the way DraftKings is doing things and these designated events it's all gonna formulate that way you don't have to worry as much about it because everyone gets the ownership and it just gets spaced out and then some guys that should be over like more owned are not some guys are under like you just find these spots that you can pick up on but you really should just kind of focus on the guys that you like but i do think homa gets left behind in that in that reasoning that he squeezed between those guys I mentioned. Lastly, though, Kenny, I want to bring this up, though. Don't you that what if Rom's paired with Cantley? Don't you got to get on Rom there, too? Because he's the guy, he's literally name-dropping Cantley multiple times, saying, like, it makes no sense how right. Patrick is here yeah. and I'm here. So that would be another one that you could take your stance on if you wanted to. I mean, I'm thinking Scotty or Finau could get, could get squished out a little bit in ownership. Just because if you look, Rom and Rory are going to take 45% total 
and GPPs. Come on. Right there. Scott, I, Scotty I, always gets squeezed, though, for sure. So I, I can definitely yeah. see that. And people will say, oh, he already won it last year. Hasn't been that good lately, even though it's like a sneaky, like, 11th, 7th, 2nd. But I, I would I would love that if people would squeeze Scotty out because I think he's a fine play here, no problem. Yeah, I think I, I think he could be, like, my favorite play uh, in the 10K range if the ownership lays out and he's the least owned, uh, which I, I think is very possible. Uh, it's either going to be him or Fina that's going to be the least owned. I like both, but I like Scheffler better. Um, so we'll see. But my first cash game cornerstone is in the 10K range. It's going to be Xander. I'm not worried about his injury. He came out the last time out, top 10, top 15. He looks fine to me. He's playing a course where he's a stud at, top 10 year in and year out, uh, you know, uh, Xander. And the price is cheap. You can start at 10K, and I can have three guys over 9K and not go in the 6K range and still feel comfortable uh, this week. Uh, even though there are some 6K guys there. Um, but there's one, uh, my punt play is a guy that I really like this week. Uh, so that's why I went with a 7K guy as my punt play. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, now, if we go back to this, like, Homa through Decky, I like your Homa call. I think I'm only going to play one of these guys um, because I like the bottom so much. Um so we'll go to my second and third cash game cornerstones, which are in the 9K range. It's going to be Sungjae. Uh, course history is fine here. Uh, rank number three in my model. T to green, solid. Really good with his longer irons. You're going to see about 25% of all approaches from 150 to 175 and like 15 to 20 from 200 plus. Uh, you know, he's one of the best from 200 plus um, out there, of course. Long par fours, he's good at off the tee, one of his strengths. Uh, you know, a little bit more accuracy than distance, but he's not necessarily short. Um, so we're going Tom. I'm going Sungjae as my second cash game cornerstone. Third cash game cornerstone right underneath him, Tom Kim. Got both of these guys at 30 to 1 this morning. Um, you know, of course, Iron Game Strong, tons of birdies. Uh you know, really good from 150 to 75. He's actually first in my model in the last 50 rounds, and he's 11th from one se- from 200 plus. Uh, this seems like a course that he can do some damage, uh, and so I like uh, Tom as well. Who do you like in this range, Tamo? Yeah, when you first brought the range up, you said let's stop at Hovland, and I was like, well, you're leaving the two guys at the bottom that are to well me- because I know they're going to be chalky. They're yeah. going to be chalky. Good, good call. I, I was I, trying I, to find. I was trying to find the 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 unchalkiness. In that range, because there's going to be someone from Hideki to Scheffler, and we're going to look at the ownership on Thursday morning, and we're going to be like, what the fuck? You know what I'm saying? There's going to be one player like that in that range. I don't know who it is yet, but once I get the ownership projections from the people I trust, like Gob and, you know, uh, uh, and other people, then I'll make my decision then. Yeah, the the funny part is like just like you said they're going to be popular, but actually when we get to bets later, that's where I started. My card is at Sungjae and Tom. I got them both at twenty eight. I Me love too. them both here. I, I'm always a big Sungjae fan, but it was like two years ago when I was trying to bet this exact. It was like an exacta. I was trying to bet Kenny. It was can't remember it was Sung. I think I can't. I think it was Sung Kang. Maybe KH Lee at the time might have been KH Lee. And I was saying I want to bet on them to get a hole in one on sixteen. And it was like within four feet or three feet. It was so close. I almost got it. I was live in the booth up on the, the skybox on 16. And it was so close to happening. I feel like, look, Tom Kim is so electric. Can you imagine if he gets the hole in one? It's like the, the golden child, the destiny. You got the tiger highlight back in the day, getting that hole in one. Forget the other ones, the Sam Ryder last year, all that stuff. But imagine Tom Kim gets the hole in one on 16 on Saturday. <laughs> His legend would be unbelievable because you got to think like we're looking at this from like diehard golf fans. Do like normal people know who Tom Kim is? I don't know. You think? I don't I think don't so. Know. I don't yeah. think so. I think this could be the week where everybody. You don't have to be a a degenerate golf fan like us to know who Tom Kim is. Uh, yeah. And this is the week. This could be his breaking out into that next step uh, of celebrity eliteness skill in the game of golf. Uh, so I expect a big weekend for him. He was there all last week practicing. Uh, he knows it's big money, uh, and he ain't fucking around. Uh, he was there last week. Uh, he's been there for, you know, by the time he tees off uh, on 
on Thursday. He'll be there for over a week. Uh, mm-hmm. So so you get that. And like I said, first-timers, no problem with this course. Um, you know, there's no tricky green reading craziness or, or like you see in Vegas or something like that. Uh, it's just easy to read green, smooth, velvety, you know, hit it in the fairway, get your green and regulation, make your putt. It's, it's, it's a Tom Kim course. Uh, anybody else in this 9K range before we move down? And the, the one thing I, I will say, you mentioned him earlier, but I, I still like can't lay the result last year. I don't think it was any fluke. I just think, again, we could still go back to a guy like him. He's 9,600. I like Morikawa there as well. Morikawa, again, another guy coming in, finally finding stuff, and he just looks good. So for me, Morikawa, can't lay, Sungjae, Tom are like my four favorites right now in that range. All right, let's move down to the AK range. I mean, Cam Young is going to be one sticks out at 8,900. Uh, not crazy. I got him 45 to 1. Uh, Saturday on DraftKings, uh, which I think is a good number. I also got Hovland, who we skipped uh, up there, who I don't mind this week as well. Uh, we'll see if I end up rostering him, but they bet him 35 to 1. Uh, not the best course history here, but he played well last week. Uh, now, when it comes to Cam Young, what, he finished runner-up to Abe uh, in the Asian tour yeah. uh, in Saudi Arabia, got a nice little chunk of change uh, coming back in- into town. I mean, I don't, I'm not too worried about uh, the flight and everything like that. Uh, just because, you know, he, he's not like a old man. He's young. He can handle it. I got no worries about that. Other guys, one guy I'm keeping my eye on is Shane Lowry. Uh, he just called it off with his longtime caddy, has a new caddy. The thing about Shane is his numbers have been good. He's just haven't been getting the results. So maybe with something new uh, on, somebody new on his bag, it can jumpstart. And we've seen this before. Uh, with other golfers, I mean, like JT is the one that comes to mind immediately, um, you know, who get a new caddy uh, and they go out and win like their next in their next event or two. Uh, I could see that from Shane. Uh, so I like Shane Lowry. I don't think he's going to be very highly owned. Uh, so I like him at 8200 And I think I'm going to Ricky. $8,100. I, I, you could tell the work he has done with Butch Harmon has helped his game. Uh, it looks more consistent. It looks like more of the Ricky of old. Uh, I was going to wear my Ricky Puma sweat uh, hoodie, but I got too fat for it, uh, <laughs> so I couldn't wear it today. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I like Ricky at 8K. What about you, Tamil? Yeah, the Ricky thing is funny because I this is where we got to talk about DFS versus betting. Like, I saw the numbers. I think people are betting them at, like, 75 or 80 oh, to no, 1. Maybe no, they got no, better no. numbers. I, I don't know. That's not for me. No. But at 8K, I can play him. Like, it's yeah. one of six guys on your roster. He does play well around this place. You talked about new caddies just a second ago. What about his? He's He's been better so far, at least, with the new caddy back with uh, Claude Harmon, right? You got all that setup that he's done. Again, I don't think he's going to be the greatest play but or the greatest um, guy in the tournament, so I'm not going to bet him to win. But I got no problem playing a guy like him at 8K. There's going to be a bunch of those guys when we get into the 7K range, too, where I see people betting them that I feel more comfortable in just playing them in DFS. But going back to this 8K range, the Cam Young one is just, again, another misprice. He, he played horrible in that uh, the same misprice a couple weeks ago when he was 9,100. He played bad and came like 23rd, still scored like crazy, everything. He can have a bad week. It's fine. But at 8,900, people shouldn't be surprised at his ownership. Like there's a reason why he's one of the worst prices on the slate versus talent and upside. That's just the way it is. That's how, that's where, why the ownership goes there. If you're surprised, you shouldn't be. Uh, Sam Burns, this guy is another one in the opposite for me, Kenny. Bet him because he was 45 to one with eight places. Some people got him at 55. That is just too big of a number. And we, last year, that printed. Every time we had a spot where a guy was a bad number, it would go on to win. Didn't it work here with a guy a, a couple of years ago? Wasn't when Brooks won here, wasn't it at like 40 to one? Everyone was like, that's a bad number. And then it was something like that. Yeah. And then we shipped. I mean, that to me, is just it's kind of the opposite it's not like i love sam burns history here is not great it's just about the number in that case you know that to me is too good to pass up so i bet him but not the highest guy i'm on here um some of these other guys i'm gonna keep playing taylor montgomery i don't have it right i did have it right up in front of me and now i switched off the stats but uh yeah all, all the stats wise again we talk about this week in week out it's just the putter it's all that he still has other good stats we'll bring it up again and again he just keeps showing up well, he's really good off the tee and he can putt I mean, yeah. we've seen people who can crush the ball off the tee and putt win this event. So, isn't that? I think uh, that was the Scotty Scheffler formula. Yeah, last year, bomb and putt. Oh, Scotty lost strokes with his approaches right. last year. 
And but won. I think he crushed off the tee. Yeah. And, and obviously you got to make putts to win any tournament. So that's why, you know, whatever, but you know, that is the setup here. So I actually like Montgomery. I, I think he's an interesting play this now, week. And the thing about Montgomery is since this course is so easy to putt on, does it eliminate sort of it, some of his edge? It, technically that's what some, I mean, that plays out when you say it like that, of course. Right. But it also, in the end, it's not really true because what matters is who makes the most. And he makes a lot of putts. So it can also go the other way. And the good putters can show up and come through. And there you are. Look, look at um, Pebble this past week. You had, you know, like Rose, uh, McCarthy was up there. Like there, there was a bunch of other guys that, you know, you just see them, Bo Hostler, that are very good putters that just make their way up the board. That can happen, easy putting or not. Again, like you said, though, if he goes with the Scotty Scheffler formula, not betting him at 60 to 1. I don't think it's going to be a coming out party for Taylor Montgomery to finally get his win after all these top 10 finishes. But it won't surprise me if he top fives again or whatever. And who who knows? But at this number at 8,300, I'm going to play him. And then I actually have more love for Ricky at the bottom than for, you know, playing on DFS than I do for the Fleetwoods or the Lowry's and the guys you mentioned, like good, good story on Lowry. Like you said, and I love Lowry's talent and upside, but uh, it's more of those guys above that I like. And then Ricky's fine at AK, like some guys in the upper sevens a little bit more. Go ahead. Sevens. Yeah, it starts with the other guy that's been playing. Well, we just say hey, we just saw Rose win, but who's the other guy that we've been saying that we've been watching him play better and better? And he's right at the top. Jason Day, 7,900 bucks. What what is his recent? Seventh, 18th. Doesn't matter to me about this course setup or anything. Again, he's 7,900. I'm not saying he's going to win. I'm playing him in DFS. That's the guy I'm going with. Keegan Bradley, we talked about everything with him. Bet him already. Others got a better number, but I'm comfortable with 75 to one with eight places. Nice thing, too, Kenny. We used to always say, He's going to fade on Sunday here because he's got to get out. He's going to get out. He's got to go to uh, get back to watch his Patriots. Tom, the Bre- the Bucks, the Patriots, none of them are in the in the Super Bowl this year. So don't got to worry about that. And if he wants to go to the Super Bowl, he can still get there. It's just down the street. They're going to be playing it in Arizona at the same time again this season. So interesting there, but you don't have to worry about that. So Keegan Bradley's a guy I got interest in. Alex Noren, I like. He, um, Corey Connors is in there. Man, just a, a few other guys, but I mean, the, the other one I was going to bring up was Siwoo. We've been talking about this since the start of the season about just you know the amount he's going to play and what he can do and what he's been doing and the win he got. But then twenty second, twenty fifth, there's a lot of upside there with him at seventy eight hundred. So I'll take him as well in the upper seven k range. Yeah, Keegan's my favorite here. Uh, he actually was first in strokes gained putting his last time out uh, when he finished runner up. I forget which tournament it was two weeks ago, three weeks ago, um, where he was actually first in strokes gained putting. Uh, if he can continue that with the ball striking that he normally shows throughout his whole career at $7,600, this seems like a play. Uh, no doubt in my mind. And you got Noren, who's doing some things across the pond, had a good finish recently, had a sixth-place finish here last year. Um, I do like Noren. Um, uh, Cage Lee, you know, roster the Korean week. It's, it's, it's another roster of the Koreans week. It really is. I mean, all of them make sense this week. Uh, you know, Cage had a runner up here a couple of years ago. Hollywood Hoagie had only $7,500. Um, I know he hasn't been playing great, but it, he hasn't been playing bad. Uh, and we were getting him at like 10-2, 10-1 here recently. Uh, for $7,500, you can do a lot worse for the best, you know, iron player in the last 50 rounds in this field. Um, so, yeah, I, I got no problem with that. If we go down a, a little bit lower, uh, I really like Killer Keith Mitchell. Uh, really good showing this past week. JT Poston. Those two guys, of course, history guys. Those two guys, I don't mind in cash. And my final cash game cornerstone is actually going to be Taylor Moore at seven thousand. He's actually gained strokes in uh every in, in all but putting the last uh, two events he's played. He's never done that before. So he's gained strokes off the tee, approach around the green. Um, in, in his last two outings, finished fifteenth and eleventh. Uh, you know, I think already finished like maybe I think either top 15 or top 20 or something like that this past week. Um, the guy is, I don't think he's played this course before, but it's fine with me. I like him as my lowest uh, price guy. So my cash game cornerstones for the week are going to be Xander at 10 K. Uh, Sungjae at 9.2, Tom at 9.1 and Taylor Moore at 7,000 leaves you 14,700 to finish the rest of your lineup. Other guys, Lucas Herbert, 
uh, I think he's had a couple of back-to-back top fives across the pond. Top threes. Uh, top threes. The guy's playing good golf. Uh, I got him at 150 to one, uh, and I'll play him on DFS. Um, Higo has been playing decent golf, uh, making a few cuts here recently. Um, I do like Higo uh, here. Uh, those are probably about it when it comes down to it. I mean, I'm sure I'll play some more. I mean, Putnam. I mean, he went from 10K to 7K quick. Uh, you know, I mean, it's not the guy I like missed the cut last week. <laughs> That's it. Uh, and, 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 you know, I, I, I don't, I, I don't mind him, uh, at seven K. So anybody else in this lower range that you're, yeah, I, I didn't do the lower range yet. I stopped oh, oh, above. Well, I'm, I'm going to echo more. some of the same guys as you, but I was going to say like, um, one more I missed up top was Aaron wise. Again, people bet him at a hundred to one or something. I'm not interested in that at 7,600 though. I'll, I'll definitely play him. I have no problem going to him there. KH Lee, who you mentioned 7,500 fair price. And then the price drops. Hoagie, again, this is warranted, 10K to 7,500. Keith Mitchell, 9,100 down to 74. I like Mitchell more, so I would I would definitely play Mitchell over Hoagie if choosing, but I like them both. Brian Harmon is cheap at all. Like, Brian Harmon would have been 9K or 10K last week in that field, so it's kind of the same thing that you're looking at here. Uh, Taylor Pendrith, who we talked about. And then who's the other guy you mentioned with Poston with history here? Was it Steele? It was Mitchell. Oh, Mitchell. Yeah. Steele's another guy though. I mean, Kucher has good history here too at 7,300, but I like Brendan Steele at 72 a little bit more. So I like Steele. And then just rounding it out. If you want to go back to Davis Thompson showed us a lot last time out stuck in there until, till the end he, he did his thing. So I, I got no problem with that Putnam who you mentioned, we paid a lot more for last week, another guy. And again, that stuff makes sense. They all went down a similar amount. I'm just saying that's why you can still put them into your tournament builds. They played pretty good this past week, or at least were there. Now they come to a course. Some of them have history on, like you mentioned with Mitchell. I don't mind Steele there as well. So anybody like that in that range that you want to go with, I'll be using a lot of these guys in here though, Kenny, because uh, 6,700, I've, I've got a few guys in up, but after that, it does kind of drop off a little bit and you can make a name for them, but it doesn't mean I'm going to play them all. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah. Two guys in the seven K range that I think are going to win soon or win again soon, Keegan and Pendrith. Uh, I think Pendrith is, is going to win one here soon. Uh, Driver-heavy course. Driver's the best, you know, one of the best clubs in his bag. This could be the week. 100-1 to one, uh, is what I got Pendrith for. So I, I like that bet a lot. Uh, and I like him in, in, in um, um, DFS as well. Uh, now, when you get down to, oh, Wyndham Clark, another one. You go bomb and putt. If you can bomb and putt, Hey, you can win this event. Give me Wyndham Clark at $7,200 uh, for uh, DFS purposes as well. All right, we're going now. Hey, and Molinari, another guy that you could think of who has plenty to play for, wants to make that Ryder Cup team in Italy this year. Played well a few weeks ago across the pond. Uh, you know, he could surprise. Uh, you know, he's gained, he's working on length. He's gained a little bit on his driver here in the last six to, six to eight months, you know. Uh, he and he used to be one of the best iron players out there. If he gets that back and adds that drive, you know, he could come back, uh, you know, for a, a little last showing because I guess he is in his early 40s, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so you know, maybe one last hurrah for, for, for Molinari, and this is the best time to do it right before the Ryder Cup in his home country. All right, so the 6k range, I mean, Matt Hughes, Russell Knox. This is the one guy that I can get behind. Again, course history. Uh, he makes a lot of cuts. Iron game, exceptionally strong. Hayden Buckley, off the tee. He is excellent. Really good on long par four. Long par fours. Um, uh, Callum, Callum Tarum, Pat Kazire, another guy. Uh, made five of his last six cuts uh, at this event. You know, he doesn't look that great, but he plays this event pretty well. Um. Brandon Wu played well last week. Grayson Sig. So there's some names down here that you can play. What about you, Taylor? Yeah, there's not as many that I like. Like I said, if you go back to it and just look, but it's mainly 6,700-ish and up. If you just go through some of the names there, I like um, going back to some of the guys from last week. Stallings, Hostler, both look pretty solid up top. I always play Davis Riley, so I'm not going to go away from him at 6,800. So I like him. Hayden Buckley, who you mentioned, looks pretty good. I play Davis uh, David Lipsky. Some, I think I forgot one more guy. I was just saying he made me think of, oh yeah, JJ Spawn at 7,300 going back up there. He was another guy that I like here. So I can go back to him. And then who's the other guy I was going to say? There was one more down here, Buckley. 
Lipsky. Oh, jo- Johnny Vegas. I played him a bunch last time out. I think it was uh, not like the worst result that we got 25th or something. So people were a little bit worried about injury. He's got a 10th place here just a couple of years back or a few years back. So I uh, don't mind going to someone like him. And then Steven Yeager was the last guy. Yeager bombs, my other guy that I like to play. So uh, I think I got two of them, if not at least one in the Mayo season long draft that we did. I got, oh, it was Lipsky and Spawn that I got there, but Yeager is the guy I would have taken. I do like him. So yeah, th- that's pretty much it. For me down here, there's nobody really 6,500 and below that I love. Like I said, though, Kenny, when you've got Brandon Wu, um, people play Mark Hubbard. Kevin Tway just played all right. Redmond. Is, is, is Party like, Marty Laird in this field? Who? Party Marty. Oh, of course. Yeah, I forgot about him, too. What I think he's in the 7K range, though. Oh, is he? Uh, he was, I think, 7,200. Let me just look it up here. I had another guy with a great question. One guy I forgot. 6,700. I, I do like him as well. Yeah, I mentioned Vegas, but I like uh, Party Marty as well. One thing I forgot to mention in the 7K range about Keegan. Um, he's a very streaky golfer, Keegan Bradley. Sorry to break up the chain, but I'm looking through his his, his finishes. And you look at how, like, when he gets hot, he stays hot for a little bit of time. I mean, you look at this fall. He finished fifth at the Sanderson, and next week he wins. Uh, the Zozo. You look last year. He finished fifth of the players, missed the cut the next week, but then went eighth and second. The two weeks, you know, after that missed cut, after his fifth of the players, uh, you know, the guy's sort of a streaky golfer. Uh, and hopefully, you know, you look uh, the year before, second of Valspar, 18th of Wells Fargo, 17th of the PGA. Uh, and that's after a top 10 at the Arnold Palmer. Uh, again, streaky type golfer. I really like Keegan. I, I, I'm. He's going to be one of my highest-owned guys um, in this field in DFS. I will say that now. All right, so um, one and done. I'm going Sungjae. Yeah, I went Mav last week, and he did, and he withdrew. It sucked. I also did that, so I was happy we had uh, Denny in the one Mayo and I do. So that was nice. He had a T four or something, but I I had um, Decky. Like, do we just say he's enough back and we, where else would you be saving him for? So use him. And then I also had Sungjae or Tom playing a couple. So, you know, the, picking from that group of three is probably where I'll be at. Uh, I do like, I think I, I side with Sungjae over Tom, even though I'll be playing both of them and bet both. We'll get to that in a minute. But uh, I definitely like the decky thought of just where else am I using him? So why not use him here? So I, I'm okay with that as well. Yeah, I mean, that's, that, that's I thought about decky as well. Uh, but I, th- I think Sanjay can. I-, I think Sanjay can really win this event. So I'm going to go ahead and go with him. All right. So bets for this week. I got Tom, thirty to one. Sanjay, thirty to one. Victor Hovland, thirty-five to one. Cameron Young, forty-five to one. Keegan Bradley, sixty-five to one. Taylor Pendrith, hundred to one. Lucas Herbert, hundred fifty to one. Now, like that, I again, we got a lot of the same card, but it, I only got four right now. No long shots. I mean, Cal Bradley, I guess, but Sungjae, 28, Tom Kim, 28, Burns, 45 with eight places, and Bradley, 75 with eight places. I'm going to wait and see uh, how things shake out. And again, I think there's also opportunity that you could see where, you know, someone get, get a better number on somebody after the first day or something with how strong the field is. We've seen this plenty of times in other events. It's not like this is a... 25 under you, you talked about it in your preview the year are you talking about it on Twitter today too like Phil Mickelson wins at 28 under now it never gets to 20 so that to me is like on Friday I got no problem grabbing somebody on Thursday night or Friday afternoon or whatever well, I mean what this tournament does that others don't is they don't want the greens in between it's for between rounds too, yeah like when you get to like Saturday and Sunday they can really bake out uh and there's no rain in the forecast there's barely been rain any of the whole year uh, in Phoenix. So, you know, by the time the weekend comes around, you can see some implosions and stuff like that. No doubt. Yeah. I, I like that play for this tournament just a little bit more, but I, I just, I, I don't love the numbers on the guys at, at the top. And I don't really think there's any chance we get a long shot. So I don't want to commit to that. Like based on numbers only, I, I don't, I'll do it with the, the guy like Sam shot, Burns. Pendrith and it. Keegan. Pendrith and Keegan. I, I just got a feeling. Those I, I kind of, I will say this, soon. Kenny, I do kind of like the Pendrith one. I don't know if you're just selling me on him or talking me into him, but I do kind of uh, have a I good mean, feeling like, about if, that. If you, I, I, me too, because I mean, like, I don't know. It's just desert, desert golf and Canadians. Isn't that a thing? 
Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, sure. isn't that isn't that a thing? And, and then you got you got him. Where's he priced? What is he? Seventy four hundred this week. I mean, you know, he's going to crush the par fives. He's one of the best off the tee here. Really good on long par fours. Iron game above average. Um, tee to green well above average. You know, because of it, because of how good he is off the tee. You know, you know, top. You know, top twenty percent and birdies are better uh, in this field. I, I mean, I, I, and I just think a win is coming for this guy, and I could see it on a course where it's a hundred percent driver heavy. They're gonna be pounding. They're gonna be hitting drivers like twelve times around. We're gonna, uh, we're gonna bet know. Taylor Pendrith. I already know what's gonna happen. We're gonna bet Taylor Pendrith. Taylor Montgomery wins. Yeah, or some shit like that. Taylor Moore, <laughs> another guy I talked up big time and yes. don't have my card. Right. Yeah. That's probably good. I, mean, I saw Taylor Moore. I think he was only 75 to 1. Uh last time I looked, and that's not a number that I would get behind uh for him. But I mean, when it comes to him, like I said, he's gained strokes around the green, on approach, off the tee, in back-to-back events. His uh, he lost strokes putting in this past week's event, and the best part of his game is putting. So if he can continue that ball striking, that tee to green type play, and add that putter back to what it normally is, because I think two weeks ago uh, when he played, he only gained like 0.1, 0.2 strokes putting. I think last week he lost like a uh, he lost like 0.6 or something. I, I I don't have it in front of me, but he lost like 0.6 to 0.1.1 somewhere in that area. Um, and so you know his downfall. The last two weeks of his top tw- two back-to-back top twenties has been his putter, um, and so he, the best part of his game is the putter. So if he can somehow get that back up, that's why I like him in cash. I, I think the upside is there for him at seven k, uh, and that's what I'm going to use as my punt play. And so Taylor Moore, uh, like him, we, we, it's 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 the Taylor, uh, the Taylor and Korean show this 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 week, uh, and also you know don't forget your Kegel exercises because. Big Keegan Bradley fan this week. Tamara, anything else? No, man. I, I like it. I like everywhere everyone we're on. We're gonna build some of those lineups out with those guys. And then yeah, we'll we'll have more as the week goes on, of course. All right. You can find me on Twitter at KendoVT. You can find my article on gupscorner.com. Use promo code Kenny. Save yourself 30%. Uh I'll add like any adjustments to my cash game cornerstones. Last week I had to adjust my cash game cornerstone. So hopefully either you're a member of Gup's Corner or you follow my Twitter. Uh, because we heard about that Fitzpatrick injury uh, and the move to power didn't really help. <laughs> and, he, and then, uh, and you, you could, and I also have my new thing fade of the week. I think last week was Domin. I think he might have made the cut. It's been tough. I've been trying to go over nine k for my fade of the week. Uh, and some have been good, some have been horrible, like top five. <laughs> but I'm still trying to get that part that's new uh, for me. Also, you can find my uh, final betting card and my favorite GP pay single. GPP play in each price range. I can guarantee you there'll be two in the 7K range uh, this week instead of just one. Keegan and Pendrith. There you go. Tambo. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Totag and Tambo. Got the tidbits coming out free every Wednesday, of course. That thread will be out. You guys can check it out there. It's been pretty good to start the season. So a lot of good information there and some winners and some long shots, things like that. Rose was in there again this week. I forget who exactly talked him up, but solid. So check that out. Find me on Twitter at Totag and Tambo. And then, of course, rumpuresports.com got everything going there all sports one price if you want a discount we have a code tambo 15 you get 15 percent off every package available whatever you want to use it on so check that out and this week for wednesday for the premium show big t will be back on with me so myself big t and hoop every wednesday doing the premium show there and of course on this very channel mayo media network you will find me with mayo doing the live in studio show wednesday it comes out about wednesday just after mid-morning, after lunch, depending on where you're at. So check that show out as well. All right, so big week. Basically, the first week of the real PGA Tour season and the motherfucking Super Bowl. Fuck the Eagles. Let's win some motherfucking money. DJ Nation. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. 
The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.